Good morning and hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a Saturday edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I am, of course, it's me, it's Mr. Warren Hayes. And, of course, you know by now, if I'm on the stream on a Saturday morning, that can only mean one thing and one thing only. I'm, I'm lonely and I need friends. No, no, it's because there's a pay-per-view this weekend, and it just so happens that NXT is holding their first pay-per-view since the Portland one a couple of months ago. NXT TakeOver In Your House, the throwback episode, while also sort of giving a wink-wink, nudge-nudge to containment. I like this, you know. I like it when WWE isn't, like, caught in its bubble and, 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 and doesn't... And takes the time to sort of address what's going on in the world. But, hey, you know, that's a whole other podcast for a whole other, and a whole other bunch of discussions. But, hey... We're going to be talking about uh, In Your House this morning, previewing the card, giving predictions. And when I say we, this isn't one of these, you know, metaphysical we's, you know, where it's like non-gender, very uh, obtuse, kind of who is we. No, no, this is very specific this morning. I am not alone. If you're watching this right now on YouTube.com, you're seeing the very handsome, handsome mug of the 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 soon-to-be premier of Alberta himself, Spencer Love. Oh, that is a dubious, dubious category to be put in right now, man. <laughs> of the, thank you. Well, thank you for thank you for being here, uh, Spencer. Um, Spencer uh, covers wrestling. He also operates the. Uh, the uh, 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 Win Column Sports Network. But Spencer, what am I doing? I'm trying to explain what you do, but you're the one who's in the best position to do that for the well, Warren Hayes people. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, hello, friend. I'm glad to be here. You took my line. I was going to call you handsome, but little do people know I got <laughs> that out of the way right when we started the call. So, mm -hmm. ba-boom, I got the house show appearance on that one. Hello, though, man. I'm really, really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. As you mentioned, my name is Spencer Love. That is not like a made-up name by any means. I've been asked that before. That is a real name. It is on the birth certificate, and I am the owner and El Presidente at uh, the WCSN, the Wind Column Sports Network. We, uh, we cover Canadian professional wrestling, and that's in any capacity. It's not as though we're talking to strictly Canadian pro wrestlers. We're talking to anybody and everybody in professional wrestling about their experience in the 49th or above the 49th parallel excuse me you know there's a lot of great professional wrestling up here i know you uh you preach that you know that yourself mm -hmm. um and it really maybe doesn't get the the accreditation or the recognition it deserves sometimes you know we are a bit geographically limited as far as promotions as far as stuff like that goes even just as far as the capacity to view professional wrestling maybe at a bit of a disadvantage but holy shit man is there some great professional wrestling professional wrestlers promotions so what we really try to do is is highlight that at an independent level and uh through the sort of proverbial major leagues as we like to call them here but i cover them in every capacity i host a podcast i am the lead content contributor i guess it'd be the best way to put it i love talking pro wrestling so i am very very thankful to you man for giving oh, yeah. me another platform to do so and especially about in your house it's so so cool to be doing something uh on something that i know you and i both both sort of grew up with a little bit yeah absolutely uh and yeah you know the the the, the canadian scene has been i mean there are so many, uh, uh, so many Canadian wrestlers who have m made it, quote unquote, in the yeah. business. You know, we can go back to Bret Hart. We can go back to the Vachans. We could go back to just as recently as Kevin Owens and Sammy and Natalia. And I mean, you know, the, 
the the Canadian scene is existent. It's alive and it, it it thrives. I think there's a lot. I think one of the reasons why it maybe doesn't explode as much as uh, as in other parts of of let's say the the United States is the geography here is in Canada is so vast and it's you know the mm-hmm. our our major centers are so far apart from each other. Like the Toronto scene is super exciting. Montreal has always been a hotbed. Uh, mm-hmm. I've discovered more about uh, about what's going out in the prairies thanks thanks to you actually and, hey, and, and thank Wim you. Column. I wasn't aware that it would that uh, uh, that it was so that it was so thriving. Yeah, and you know what? Admittedly, myself as well. I first went to my first independent show here in Alberta in 2011, and even just some names that were on that card. You know, there's people who were still wrestling here in the names of like Michael Richard Blaze, who it's it's egregious. He just hasn't been signed, but that's another story whatsoever. Brandon Van Danielson, another individual, but names that were on that card as well. You know, Taya Valkyrie was on that card. Casey Spinelli on that card. Uh, Ravenous Randy Myers on that card. Names that really not just Canadian pro wrestling fans, but pro wrestling fans period would recognize now for just how good they are and that's a consistent theme through and through and through you know you look at individuals coming up right now that have even got uh graduated from the storm academy oni mm-hmm. lorkin you're looking at again taya valkyrie chelsea green they just keep cycling through at one point before sort of the um they like to call it the independent takeover for for you know no pun intended of of the indie scene that nxt really did sort of six seven years ago the prairie wrestling alliance based out of alberta was one of the largest suppliers quote unquote of talent to sure. wwe right you look at tj wilson tyson kidd you look at natalia davy boy smith jr like Again, man, I, I could go on and on and on as far as how good the talent out here is. Again, not to not to make a pun of it, but then, now, and probably forever. <laughs> well, too late, you made the pun. But uh, the uh, absolutely, and, and there is a rich history uh, of, of of Canadian wrestling. You know, Stampede, Lutte Internationale out of Montreal. Anyway, look, we're not we're this. It's it's good to be here. It's good that we're talking, and I also like to think that. We're bridging a gap between our two provinces, Spencer. You know, technically, I'm from Quebec. You're from Alberta. We're supposed to hate each other. I was just going to say. You know, and I like to think of us like, you know, we're, we're, we're creating bridges here. We're, we're re- I'm reaching over to, to y'all conservative oil-loving freaks and bringing you over. <laughs> bringing you over. I'm being... And it's an olive branch. It's an I, olive I branch. appreciate it. And consider that olive, olive branch grab, my friend. I'm happy to be here. Happy to talk some pro wrestling with the incomparable Mr. Warren Hayes. Cut that out. Okay, so... <laughs> but but yes, I, well, thank you very much for, for, for being here, Spencer. I really do appreciate that you're here. And I also appreciate everyone who joined us, who's joining us here live right here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, such as Ben... Benoit Parise, who joined us this morning. And also, thanks you for the follow, I guess, on Twitter, Spencer. Ben's a good guy. Hey, I did uh, just follow him. That name's familiar. Yes, he's he's a really good guy. Good friend of the show. J.S. Brown is here as well. Dark Star is here as well. Tim Traver, another good friend of the show. Nikki Rice, uh, Reese Thomas, excuse me. Evan Wright here as well. We've also got Mags from the, my ally from the Smart to Death Wrestling Network. How you doing, Mags? Mags can show up because he lives <laughs> over the pond. So he can show up on these uh, morning shows. Ryan Smith is here as well. Yes, how you doing, Ryan? And we also have Throwback, good friend of the show, a pal. You should check out his YouTube channel as well. Throwback is here, and he left a super chat. Thank you very much. Throwback, he says, List, at work listening to you guys. It's as hot as hell right now. The match of the night is going to be the triple threat, I think. And Charlotte will stay on top in the women's division. Stay cool, guys, and stay safe. Same to you, buddy. And we are going to talk Appreciate about it. 
We're going to talk about it a great deal. Thank you. Throwback's a really good dude. Um, Absolutely. But you know what? They're all good dudes. And dudettes here joining us live at the Mr. Warren <laughs> Show. I, 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 don't, I don't tolerate anyone else, only quality people here, such as Tommy Weekend, who just jumped jumped in. Um, how you doing? So, uh, <laughs> so we're gonna let, let, let so we're gonna start talking about it. We're gonna start uh, chatting about uh, about takeover um, in your house. I was look, I, I was as shocked as anyone when WWE pulled back out the old IP, adapted the logo with the NXT stuff. I was like, cool, because the in your house stuff is so very, very, very representative of. 90s WWE it was a you know this is this was their foray into breaking out of their big pay-per-views out of the Summer Slams the Royal Rumbles Survivor Series and WrestleMania they're 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 testing the waters going into monthly pay-per-views by creating this brand of you know their smaller shows they're not our big marquee shows but still pay-per-views getting into that uh so of course you know you have the flood of 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 memories that come back, the stuff that's happened. Todd Pettengill, Todd Pettengill. WWE put out a put out a, a you know one of their poll things recently. And who do you consider to be? You know, who, who do you think about first? Which star do you think about first when you think about in your house? And they had like you know Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, and Todd mm-hmm. Pettengill. Todd Pettengill is Mister in your house. <laughs> He's the man, right? That's the thing. And he's back and better yes. than ever. Yes, they did. They did that <laughs> spot with him, right? They did the. I, I mean, I, and they had to do something with him, otherwise it would have been a complete missed opportunity. Hundred percent. Do you? 100%. I don't know how far back you, your your memories go as far as as in your house goes, but uh, do do you have any memories, any good feels about in your house? Anything that stuck with you? I mean, as far as good feelings go, absolutely, man. I was really only watching professional wrestling casually, and I was pretty young when when In Your House was a big brand as far as it goes, for lack of a better way to put it. So Mm -hmm. a lot of it is really fleeting, you know, sort of clips as far as matches goes. But, of course, you know, I think that anybody could have predicted when they heard us talking about the Canadian pro wrestling scene off the bat, man, Canadian stampede. I just, Mm -hmm. hearing people talk about it now, I've been lucky enough to to speak to some individuals that were part of it and, and attended the show as well, and getting those sort of memories in, in retrospect, I guess, for lack of a better way. Um, but getting the opportunity to go back and watch it and and just get the... I, I love the way that they played the Hart Foundation. I love the way that they played Bret Hart back, uh, back in the late 90s, man. The way that they sort of played the Canadiana versus the Americans. I think that it was a really, really cool approach. And at least in my memory, again, I was, I was young. I could be and probably am completely wrong. But I'd never really seen and still have yet to see any sort of situations where they do play off of that sort of stuff other than potentially um, the way they played off with the British Bulldog in the UK, sure. but just sort of the way that they, they really made Bret Hart Canada's hero. The way I describe it is it's the same way that I'm sure you uh, love the tragically hip when you've got something that is so, so ingrained in not just professional wrestling, which is something we're both passionate about, but Canadian professional wrestling and something that's sort of homegrown. I love that. And to see the reaction all of those guys got, you're getting stone cold Steve Austin booed at that point in history is absolutely still asinine to me, but you're able to do it in Calgary, (laughs) Alberta. And I guarantee if you have Bret Hart across the ring from stone cold Steve Austin in Calgary, Alberta today, stone cold's getting booed. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, there's a you know the, the, uh, I completely agree and I mean the Bret Hart thing was so special in and about itself right it was just like 
uh, it was so unique mm. in, in 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 as a, a space and time. You know, just the the yeah. the whole thing the the idea that WWE would lean into the fact that in one country he's a babyface and the other is a heel and vice whoever that that would happen to I thought that was very very clever of them uh yeah. to do so um, 100% and then you get the whole the whole family in the ring after the show and yeah. again my math be may be incorrect but that's got to be one of if not the last time you've got the whole heart family together and just what a statement that is like you know, they're they're as close to the royal family as you're going to get in Canada mm -hmm. and probably the only one that most Canadians think we've got any time for anyways. So the hearts are the royal family. I'll make that statement. I'll just backtrack right now. The hearts are the royal family as far as Canada goes. To see all of them together for what potentially is the last time is is still still a bit, it, it tugs at the heartstrings. Sure, you know? and and I agree. There's people who don't even watch wrestling who know about, uh, who, who know who Bret Hart is. You know what yeah. I mean? That's... That's just that's just how it goes. It's kind of yeah, like man. the it's kind of like the Rougeaus in Quebec. You know, it's like <laughs> everyone knows who they are. Everyone um, knows them. So, uh, so uh, yeah. And um, as for me, you know, I have a tendency like uh, I, I there, there there's been some great matches out of there as well. Like just Shawn Michaels versus the Undertaker at at uh, Bad Blood is probably uh, probably one one of their greatest matches they've had together. I mean, not notwithstanding the in your house era but it's good it's cool to think that uh that you did get these these legendary matches out of it so you know i th there's a lot of goodwill for the uh for the uh in your house brand and, and that's cool yeah. mark forbes want to say hello welcome to good the day, chat mark forbes um so let's talk about the build to the pay-per-view actually in and about itself uh mm -hmm. Like we said, the last uh, the last pay per view they had was Portland. Then since then, uh, there's been there's there's a couple of things happen. I don't know if you've heard. Uh, people started getting sick. Uh, when did that happen? Um, I'm still look. I mean, it depends on who you talk to. The details are vague. <laughs> Uh, but you know, a lot of people were asked to stay at home and you know, there was businesses. Look, anyway, there, there's <laughs> events happened <laughs> and, uh, to say the least, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. No, but WWE had to pivot quite a bit, right? You go from, uh, from live shows, live audiences, and then you end up with, uh, with, uh, with a show that you still want to put on. You still have TV to produce, but you have no one, no one around to, 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 to watch what you're doing. And that's such an integral part of the show. Uh, travel restrictions. You're not working with the same type of of uh, of roster, and then mm -hmm. you still want to build a pay per view. You still need to build weekly shows, and then up to a pay per view. Um, it hasn't been ideal conditions to build uh, up to a, a takeover. Any thoughts on uh, uh, feelings on how you feel NXT takeover in your house was uh, was promoted built. <laughs> I, I think it was done well. You know, I think it's the same way that people, when you're asking them how they're doing lately, it's I'm doing well, all things considered. And I think that yeah, WWE and, and pro wrestling as a whole has really, really been doing well, all things considered, you know, mm -hmm. watching, watching matches, watching WrestleMania, watching any event without fans in attendance was definitely jarring. It is still yeah. um, a little bit jarring even to see sporadic or, or uh, sporadically placed crowd members for for, you know, lack of a more eloquent way to put it. <laughs> but uh, to see what WWE has been able to do and what NXT has been able to do building to an event, despite the fact that you don't have a crowd, you know, there are a lot of moments, whether 
the reason I keep going back to WrestleMania, and I know that people have brought it up in the chat as well, is you look at how Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair has sort of been built, and I think that's one of the premier examples of something that had to completely pivot just based on the fact that there there wasn't a crowd. You could have mm-hmm. run a very similar feud, or you could have run something whether you had a crowd or not, but I think because of the way you want to present Rhea Ripley going forward, you need to wait for that big moment in front of a crowd, and I think that's sort of put things off on that end. But, dude, I've, I've said it a million times, give Io Shirai a title, you cowards. I will send it out, I'm sure, a couple of times tomorrow. I'm always happy to see her in there. But, um, you know, that's just a, a great example for me of how WWE has had to pivot, but done a very, very good job of doing it, you know? Um, some stuff has gone on, I think a little bit longer or a little bit shorter. There have been changes that I think people would disagree with. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that this would have been maybe where you would have seen the first Matt Riddle, Timothy Thatcher match had you not had to accelerate him getting called up to SmackDown, but all things considered, man, I think they've done a good job. I still consider NXT television appointment wrestling as far as I'm concerned. It's still a great product. I still think they're doing a great job. And the more and more you start to integrate fans in there, I think you're just going to see it build back and back and back to where, uh, um, not where it used to be, but where I think a lot of people think NXT has set the standard for. True. Uh, and, and yeah, I agree. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of, um, there's, there, there's a lot of give and take we have to give to all professional wrestling organizations these days. Cause uh, you know, at some point, you know, I know that, I know that uh, dynamite uh, AEW was running with 30% of the roster uh, mm-hmm. throughout most of April, actually. So, you know, that's not an easy thing, but you know, you, you sort of touched on something here. Um, I, just a, a little something here. You touched on it a bit, you know. Have a, a, NXT because being appointment viewing, it, it is still a fantastic show. And I mean, we're not going to sit here and pick apart the fact that what pick apart the fact as to whether NXT is a good show or not. It is consistently a good wrestling show. But you know, there's a lot of talk out there that NXT. It ain't exactly what it used to be. And I hate these kinds of discussions usually because it's like, eh, wrestling back in 1992 was so much better than <laughs> the flippy flopplers. Like that one guy days. in South Park, this ain't wrestling. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. And I don't want to sound like that, but I think there is uh, there, there is maybe some 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 talk that we can that, that we can have about this or at least discuss our feelings because because I I do think I do subscribe to the idea that uh, that NXT recently doesn't quite feel like NXT. I feel like the the production overall is feeling more and more like a uh more main rostery. I feel the angles are as well. Look, just the fact that uh, Dominic Dijakovic, Keith Lee, and Damian Priest were in this incessant loop of feuds with each other. Kind of feels like it. Kind of felt Roman Reigns, Baron Corbin-y to me. Um, <laughs> as far as you know, just giving them stuff to do creatively. Of course, you know, no one ended up being smothered in dog food, thankfully. But I'd <laughs> like to get yet. your thoughts. Do you? Not yet. <laughs> do you? Do you feel like? NXT has changed that the the feeling isn't quite the same as it was. You know, I think that the idea of nostalgia really ties in well here because I think that people maybe have a bit of a revisionist history on on this maybe being the first time that this has happened, you know. I I 100% subscribe to the idea that maybe it isn't where some people think it should be. 
I, I disagree with it. I like a lot of the feuds they've got going on right now. On the production end, man, I think that that's a really good way of looking at it. Is I think that as they've transitioned to being a television program, as this is the first time they've really had competition to go up against, people mm-hmm. are really, really uh, holding them to a higher standard, and rightfully so. I'm point. not saying that that shouldn't be No, it's the a case, good point. Right? Hold, hold professional wrestling to a high standard. And if your competition's doing better, well, then everybody definitely has the right to slap NXT on the wrist. But sure. I think as far as the feuds go, as far as the the talent that they've chosen to present as their premier talents or their star talents right now, I don't think they've done a bad job on that end with, you know, my personal dislike for Damian Priest. I, th- that's just me. But as far as it goes, I think that in the past we've, not only seen a bit of a dip after WrestleMania most years, but there have definitely been dips when you lose a lot of longer-term members of NXT. You look at the first time that Finn Balor got called up, when Samoa Joe initially won his his first NXT championship. I loved it. I know a lot of people loved it, but there were also a lot of people saying that maybe NXT had taken a bit of a dip, and I think you're going to see that anytime you do... Um, promote talent to the main roster. You do choose to present a new champion. Like we've got, and I know it's not the best situation. I know people have, in my opinion, incorrect feelings on Charlotte Flair, but sure. you just lost Shayna Baszler, who was your champion for the better part of 18 months to the to the main roster. And, and whether you enjoy what she did or not, that's going to fill a void completely. You know, you look at Roman Reigns, like whether or not you like him or not, he's a star and their presence is definitely missing when they're gone. Shayna Baszler, I look at as a a perfect example of that. So maybe do people feel it dipped off because, oh, Charlotte Flair is a champion again? Maybe. But we're getting to watch Charlotte Flair, Io Shirai, and Rhea Ripley go head to head to head. Hell yeah, I'll take that every time. And if you were to tell me six months ago, hey, Spencer, this is the direction that we're going to go in NXT, I'm the first one to sit and say, fuck yeah, man, that sounds great for a first thing to get to watch after WrestleMania. So, you know, I think when it comes to people's personal tastes, 100%, whether you like a storyline or not, that is 100% your right to enjoy that storyline or not. Like I say, I'm sure there's going to be people who just simply disagree and think that Damian Priest is a great professional wrestler. Um, the, the stories he's been presented with, he's executed well. As as far as the stories go, I would personally disagree. I would say that that's a bit of a quote-unquote drop-off for sure. NXT. But that's just one man's opinion, right? No, I that, think that, and I asked you, know, so it's okay. Absolutely, man. Uh, like uh, Again, I go back to maybe when Bobby Roode was holding the NXT championship, people would say the same sort of thing as, oh, there's a bit of a dip. It, it's going to happen in any any professional wrestling promotion. I think that unfortunately NXT sort of got hit with not a bad triple whammy, but the triple whammy of you're losing out on crowds at the same time. Everybody is. You're just coming off your biggest event of the year in Mm -hmm. WrestleMania. And you're sort of titanically quote unquote shifting a lot of the people you choose to focus on just based on that timing of being right after WrestleMania. So um, in my humble opinion, I think that, it hasn't dropped off maybe as much as people think it has as far as the in-ring and the the storyline side of things go. I would 100% agree that sort of the the production element and the televisation of, of NXT, yeah, man, 100%. But I think that's just, no, you know, but- if, you were, if you were to see All In compared to what AEW is running right now, yeah, they're two different things, don't get me wrong. But people might say the same thing, oh, AEW is over, overproduced compared to All In, right? No, but, I mean... I- you, that's a really good point because um, because Dynamite is AEW's weekly show. They don't do anything else. That's where they go. And this is a pun. This is where they go all in 
on their weekly <laughs> show because because that is, they don't have anything else. They don't have a Monday show. They don't have a Friday show. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why you get like obviously not a daily's place these days, but that's why you get on your weekly programming. You get the Cody Rhodes entrance with him coming out from uh, from from under the 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 ramp. You know, you get the yep. whole nine Pyro yards at the end of Dynamite. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yes. So, no, but that, I, 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 no, because I've had discussions this week with people who were like, "Oh, the, the the pyro at the end when Cody won was a little too much." Well, yeah, but anyway, look, it's, it's professional wrestling. It's, it's Do wrestling. Everything too much. And Turn it up to eleven. Take the spinal tap theory. There you go. But it's, so the point, the point that you make with the production is, I think, I think it's relevant, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, I've always liked the feel of Full Sail University being, you know, a little more dim, not overly produced. It really helped make NXT stand apart from mm-hmm. the main roster shows because it did feel a little more intimate. It did feel a little more, dare I say, indie in its execution because uh, very, very, yeah, multiple <laughs> quotes uh, um, because it did have that more intimate feel about it. So that was really, that's always something that, that I really liked about it because it did feel, it, you know, it felt a little, without being rough, a little rougher around the edges than the slickly produced Raws and Smackdowns. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people are kind of missing. We'll see what happens when Full Sail returns because I feel like there's a lot of bells and whistles that are added to compensate for the lack of crowd, yeah. uh, such as... Karrion Cross's entrance and Scarlett Bordeaux lip syncing. I think that's something that that's something I don't think the full sale crowd would be into. But hey, but yeah, you may I, you may, I don't think that'd be something to be and and it's nothing against them. I think it's cool as shit. But it's it's I don't think it would be something that would work all that well in front of a live crowd. Absolutely, absolutely. We get a, we got a super chat from Nick Wolf says so if Brother Love is Spencer's dad, who's the mom? Spencer, <laughs> May Young, May Young. I thought you were gonna go with Angelina Love, and that was a poor, I don't know, poor kid. I don't know, man. <laughs> Courtney, we'll go with Courtney. <laughs> Can you imagine? take somebody outside of pro wrestling? Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well played. You put me on the spot with that one. That's <laughs> that, tough. There you go. I've got to go with Angelina in the future. At least you gave me some material for next oh, time. Oh that one. <laughs> I don't know. You know you, you, uh, you know, you might as well, st- you might as well stick with the May Young answer, Angelina. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of the beautiful people. I've never had. We, di- we digress. <laughs> we are digressing. Let's get, let's get into it. We're going to start talking predictions. Pre- we're going to, uh, we're going to dive into the matches. We're going to go one at a time. Uh, I am going to read them in reverse order as to how they are presented on WWE. Dot com. So it's not me saying, oh, we should start with this match. No, no, no. I'm, I'm using WWE's own promotional tools. Folks in the chat, of course, you are more than welcome to, 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 to drop your, your, your predictions, your own predictions. Let us know who you think they are going to win these matches. And we're going to start with the first match, which is a six-woman tag team match. Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, Knox excuse me, <clears throat> and Shotzi Blackheart. Versus Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. Spencer? Yes. It's been a while since I've seen a match on a takeover where I'm like, why is this match on a takeover? That's a very, very fair point to make. It's a very fair point to make. I'm 
I'm excited for it regardless. I think that I go into every single takeover just as excited as the last one, regardless of how a build went, regardless of... I, I don't like the phrase pointless match, but when you do look at a match and sort of have a bit of a head scratch about it, um, this is certainly one of them. It feels like you're... Your typical, hey, all of these people are feuding. We need them on the card. Here you go. And, and yeah. And, and to the point that we were that I was making earlier, this is the kind of stuff that I can point to and say, this is main roster stuff right here. This isn't yeah. NXT booking. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's a fair point. But again, I, I feel like they had, maybe it was an idea of right idea, wrong execution with it. Maybe they didn't time things properly i think that if you were to have done something like the 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 brawl that they had last week instead of this week um maybe you take some time and build more towards this because individually all the feuds that are happening i think have been absolutely great right like mm -hmm. you do have the history with tegan knox and dakota kai starting to get shotzi blackheart in there i think is great i think you could have ran candace and mia um potentially just as a an individual match on the card and i don't know why the decision was made not to do that to be quite honest with you i don't understand um, I'm, I'm i'm i don't mean to interrupt but I'm, i just no, want to bounce free. off of this right here first of all as anyone knows who listens to the mr warren hayes show starring mr warren hayes uh the the we here at warren hayes headquarters we stand for candace Lorraine. so candace <laughs> is in candace is in a in a she's in a push with her with 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 johnny gargano in the midst of a heel turn I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm surprised as hell that she's not getting a singles match. I, I, really, at, I really don't. And, and I think that Candice, it's, it's specifically odd for me because you look at the last person that they tried to do this with in Io Shirai and how successful they were giving them that singles match at TakeOver. I was lucky enough to be there, man. That was the one of, if not the best matches I got to watch that weekend. And I was lucky enough sure. to go to, I think eight or nine shows over the course of four or five days. It was incredible. And you see what a statement win on of, of any kind, nonetheless on a major event does for somebody. Right. So, you know, I understand that NXT likes to keep their cards smaller. I think that maybe they, they could have mm -hmm. had a fear. And this is just my speculation that maybe it's too much of a card. Maybe they don't get the time they deserve. But if that's going to be the case, then you should have made last week's match on NXT a marquee match. Don't get Johnny and Keith involved because as much as I love seeing them on TV, you don't need that because if maybe Candice was to pull out the statement win there, something happens at TakeOver, a backstage brawl, whatever the sure. fuck it may be, you can start to build more off of that. But I think that you do take away a bit of an opportunity for a statement win here for Candice LeRae because, yeah, I think that she's going to get the pinfall, but I think anybody who who has an opinion in professional wrestling, let's just get real here. It's it's not as much of a victory to get a win in, in a in a thrown-together tag team match mm -hmm. like this as it is in a well-built marquee singles match. And I think that they've done a great job between Candice and Mia of building that to be a marquee match. It's been a solid feud. I like the way they've built it. And if you were to just have uh, not blown it off, but give Candice that win last week rather than, and now it takeover in, in sort of the last-minute sense, I think it does take away a little bit from that. Because I think if you were to have left that tag team match, like I said with uh, 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 Shotzi and Tegan Knox versus versus Dakota Kai and Raquel, there you hell go. yeah, that's, again, a very logically built feud. That's been something that has been a clear direction for NXT over the last little bit and to sort of muddle it with another feud involved. Um, just an odd decision. But that being said, it's going to be a barn burner. There's very, very few matches in NXT that I 
think anybody can really look at on the surface and be like, this is going to be great and has disappointed, you know, especially on a takeover card. So for that being for, for that reason, I'm still excited as all hell. The, the I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. The uh, there's way too many talented women in this match for it to suck. Like yeah. they're they're just they're just all fantastic women here. Uh, I, I just questioned the booking. And yeah, and you also made a really good point again that I like my takeover cards smaller. I like my wrestling cards smaller regardless. I uh, really, really liked Money in the Bank. It was a two hour and a half show. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. That that I completely dig. You know, WrestleMania broken up into two parts. Uh, into my veins every week. Do it every, every year. year. <laughs> Do it every year. I'm fine Absolutely. with it. Absolutely. Um, so I, I, I'm okay with this. I'm absolutely okay with it. Um, uh, who do you think, who do you think is going to win this match? In the chat right now, we see, we see a lot of people egging for the heels here, even as much as going as far as to say that Candice is going to get the pin, which I yeah. kind of agree with. I was going to say, you've got, uh, you've got some very smart fans here. Mr. Warren Hayes, host of, of the Warren Hayes shows. It's, uh, it's, it's bang on. I think that she is the one who it looks like is getting pushed the hardest right now. Mm -hmm. Why would you not give her the win at takeover unless you're going to do some sort of weird dusty finish with it. But why you would ever uh, do that in the that? baby faces and, and why you would ever do that in the baby faces favor. Uh, I would never understand. I frankly would never understand. It is unfathomable to me, despite the fact that it probably, you know, happened last week on raw. So I think the Candace pulls out the win. I think that she is going to pin uh, let's just take a look here. She's going to pin Tegan Knox so that the feud continues between her and Mia Yim. Oh, there you or, go. Or, or maybe you see Shotzi. I think that Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez are going to take someone out and Candice LeRae is going to pin them. Well, that'd be fun. I mean, there's a lot of good stories that can be told here. Throwback left us a super chat. Again, thank you, Throwback said. Uh, Candice is in the match. It's predictable where the match goes. I agree. I think it's yeah. the same thing. I, I think the same thing. The heels are going to win this one. I think Candice delivers the the crippling blow. And I just can't wait for her to get a proper singles push. That's all I want. I uh, want to say... Yeah, my, my God. I just want to say hello to Joe, who jumped into the chat. Good to see you. Let's move on to our second match. Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. Now... Hey. Can, uh, can you <laughs> say... Uh, can you use the words... Okay, let me start this over again. When I think when I think about career rehabilitation, I think of three people in the modern era, okay? Or in the very very modern era. I think of <laughs> Adam Page, I think of mm -hmm. Britt Baker, and I think of Finn Balor. I think there were moves that were made recently that benefited tremendously these three people. Finn Balor Main roster, everybody loved him because he's so he's so handsome. He's just he's a got, great pro wrestler, he, and he's like, a great it's wrestler. It's easy to fall in love with him. But, but I mean, you could you could barely see him wrestle on main. But like, he's so handsome and charismatic. He smiled a lot. He was such yeah. a nice guy. Goes loses to the Fiend. Goes to NXT, and he's like, Nah, man, I'm the Prince. Prince Devitt is back. I'm going to murder all of your faces one at a time. <laughs> My favorite and, kind of Finn Balor. Yes. Face murdering Finn Balor. What? Why hasn't he used that as a nickname? Murder face Finn Balor? The face murderer. <laughs> the face murderer. <laughs> Finn, if you're watching, it's yours. Just give us some just give me give us some Twitter credit at the bottom. Give us like a subtle wink and a nod on TV. There you go. That's all we ask for. 
Uh, I I love this. I love it so much. I, I I love Finn Balor in NXT. Uh, I I think he, when you see it, you realize just how much of a waste he was on main, or how wasted he was on main. I should say. Uh, back here, he's in his element. Things are going great. Up against Damian Priest, the former Punishment Martinez, is a hell of a wrestler. Clearly, you don't have strong all. Uh, well, you have strong feelings about Damian Priest. <laughs> But tell me about the match here. I, like, honestly, I'm really looking forward to this one because um, as much as we've seen some good stuff from Damian, Damian Priest, I don't think we've seen a portion of what he's capable of doing. I think he might uncork here. Your thoughts? I'm, I'm really hoping for that, to be quite honest with you, because I think in, in my opinion, um, I, I just haven't liked the way that he's been presented on NXT. And I think that it's just a personal opinion on my end. I know that's not a consensus by any means, whether it's the proverbial IWC or whoever it may be. But um, he, he's just not my personal cup of tea. Now, saying that, I think that a feud against Finn Balor for anybody in NXT is definitely an accomplishment. Accomplishment might not be the right word. You're getting booked into stuff like that. But um, it, it's definitely a measuring stick, I think, is the better way to put it. And if Damian Priest is to come out, have a great match, which, to be honest with you, I am somewhat expecting on this end because wrestling the Prince is going to be great. He is a good pro wrestler. I'm expecting a great match. I'm hoping for a great match. I just really hope I'm not disappointed in it because with that whole, again, you mentioned it earlier, Warren, with the, with the sort of trios feud that he had with Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic, I just think that when you presented him against those two individuals, for me, he was a very clear third. You yeah. know what I mean? I love weird. me some Dominic Dijakovic. Keith sure. Lee is Keith Lee. I don't think I need to say more than that. But it's and weird me, because... Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's, no, it's, you go ahead. It's just weird because Punishment Martinez uh, in Ring of Honor, for instance, uh, was an absolute machine. Like the, yeah. the, And that's what's weird. And in a certain way, this is the beauty and the curse of the NXT roster where you have such deep, yeah. deep talent... I, where you throw in a guy of the of the capacity, the talent, the natural ability yeah. of Damian Priest, and you're like, man, this guy's the third wheel in this relationship. You know, it's yeah, it's, man, it's and intense. I think that's a that's a perfect way to put it. And I don't know, you know, and I want to be clear, like like you said, I loved Punishment Martinez. Damian Priest is is sort of where my Mehness lies with it. I I just don't like the way he's been presented. I think that there's been a couple of instances, in my opinion, where um, maybe they've tried to present him as sort of a a, I guess laid back is the sure. way I would put it. Sure. They've tried to have him, and I just don't think that that's the vibe he fits. You know, I've got no issue with the laid back pro wrestler. Matt Riddle is one of, if not my personal favorite pro wrestler right now. But he presents laid back, but he also presents a. a killer mentality i think that that's one of the things if not the thing that makes him great and i just haven't really seen that with punishment martinez you want to make the guy a killer but for weeks and weeks and weeks he's secretly attacking people i've always found that odd that when you want to establish someone as dominant you don't let him present himself as dominant you mm -hmm. almost make them hide the fact that they're dominant i think that's really odd i think it would have been a, a real statement. If if you want to have him feud with Finn Balor, have him come out and beat the living hell out of Finn Balor in front of everybody. Now, you want to establish him as a killer? Don't do it with nobody seeing it. And this is this is the match where the outcome is going to. I'm most excited to see because I think it's going to lead into. I might actually spoil a prediction here for later on, but 
on one hand, see, I, Damien Priest, I think, I agree. I think he suffered quite a bit uh, over the past few months because he was this this third wheel, because he hasn't been winning big matches. Then they yeah. put him in a match with Finn Balor. And here's here's my here's my 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 spoiler here. Um, I think that, uh, or not my spoiler, but here's my prediction. I think Finn Balor wins this because here comes a spoiler. Y- who's next for Adam Cole after mm. Takeover? And you know we've got Tommaso, who's uh, Tommaso Ciampa is going to be wrapped up in the Killer Cross thing for a while. We'll get to that. Um, I honestly don't see who else. You could put up for Adam Cole, then Finn Balor at this point, and it is a it's a it's a match and a feud you can god damn you can sink your teeth into. See, and you know what? I think I'm gonna take and, and I'll do the same. I'll I'll spoil a bit on my end as well. I I I don't think you're right on Tommaso Ciampa and, and Karrion Cross continuing. I think that if you really, really want to establish him. And maybe you do see a bit of a situation where where Cross gets hot-shotted, but the way you've presented him, I'd have no issue with him being the next guy to step up to Adam Cole. And I would have no issue with Karrion Cross being the guy to write Tommaso Ciampa off NXT television. I think that it would really? be a... Oh, absolutely, man. They're talking about... And, and I have no... Like, I ain't I ain't Sean Ross Sapp by any means, man. I've got no backstage news whatsoever. So go to him for all of your news and resources on the backstage end. But... I think that if you were to use Karrion Cross, have him come out and thoroughly dominate a guy who has been a staple of NXT, established as, you know, to use his word, special in NXT, and have Cross come out and really establish that killer mentality on him, mm-hmm. I think that that would just go miles. You know, I just say right now about really establishing Damian Priest in the missed opportunity there, I think that this is a great opportunity. If you take Tommaso Ciampa off NXT television for a month, you know, write him off, write him off for a month, and then bring him up to SmackDown or Raw. You don't lose anything from sort of Ciampa's mystique. You really establish Karrion Cross. And, you know, maybe if Adam Cole is going to be heading over to see Dr. Britt DMD, which ain't going to happen, let's just get fucking real here, guys. Maybe Karrion Cross is a guy who can actually come in and end the reign of the longest reigning NXT champion of all time. Well, <clears throat> look, maybe, and we're, we're going to get a t- chance to talk about it again in, in oh, a yeah. little bit. Um, throwback left, left us another super chat. Thank you very much, Throwback. Says, do you guys see Balor as using the demon at a takeover and make the Prince character even stronger? Because it would make people wonder when the Prince becomes unhinged at some point. And then Balor, and his prediction is Balor wins to go after Cole. Um, what do you think about the, the, the future of the demon character with, uh, with Prince Finn Balor? I love the demon character. I don't know if it's necessary with the way that they're presenting Balor right now. I think that they've done a really, really excellent job. And admittedly, I say all of this with um, maybe less than deserved familiarity with with his run in New Japan and all of that sort of stuff. I've watched a lot of matches as far as how how storylines go and that sort of stuff. To be quite honest, I'm, I'm not as well versed on that as I probably should be. But... Mm-hmm. Watching the demon character and then the way he was presented with a face Finn Balor, I think that that was a perfect example of yin and yang. And I think that the way they're presenting Balor right now, sort of taking the darker side already, 
Yep. I think for me, it would need to take something extreme. I think you would need to see something like, you know, Cross is the example I'll use for right now because he's the guy they're clearly trying to build as the guy in sure. the future. So if if he comes and he attacks Finn Balor as, 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 and I don't know how they would make it work. I'm even just trying to wrap my brain around it right now. It, it would need to be something that extreme. Like Balor would need to take a real beating, a real beating from someone they're really trying to establish. And even in that case, I think they would probably have the demon lose. You know what I mean? So again, not the best presentation. Mm -hmm. I think that with the way they're presenting him right now, with the darker side of the print sort of being shown right now, I don't think there is a need for him to sort of, the way I've always interpreted it is, is Balor was sort of turning to the dark side, I guess, for lack of a better way to do right, it. Right. Well, if he's, if he's already there, does, Why are you like you're sort of don't need the full gear? We get it. You're 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 you're, you're putting a, a hat on a hat. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is for me. You're putting a hat on a hat is is if Balor's on this dark side already. Why does he need to go further? And if he needs to go further, why hasn't he already? Hey Amen. You know, putting hats on hats was uh, was a thing for a while. I'm just saying it's one of my favorite phrases. I don't remember where I heard it recently, but let me tell you, I'm going to be the trick. I am going to try to be the guy to take it on. It's like Kurt Angle making the Patriots music famous. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so clearly look, I think Finn Balor is going to win. And because, because of my reasons, Spencer, who do you? Th uh, a lot of people seem to in the chat seem to think that Adam Cole is going to win as well. Uh, Adam Cole, excuse me, I'm jumping. I'm jumping all around here. Finn Balor is going to win. Who do you think is going to come up? Uh, to be honest, this is probably the one I am most 50-50 on as well, Warren. Um, just for the sake of difference, I think that you've got a chance to establish Damian Priest here. Why not do it? Balor sure. is Teflon in NXT. Let's just get real here. That guy isn't going to be damaged by anything unless they do a this is your life segment with him. I think that, <laughs> you know, you're not you're not going to hurt him on the black For and sure. yellow brand. If you've got the opportunity to establish somebody with him, take the opportunity to do it. Especially like you say, Warren, Damian Priest hasn't really won a big match at this point. Are you going to take him to that point where it's it's you know, maybe not the best example right now, but where he is like in Bobby Lashley territory where he's all sizzle, no steak. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to see that happen for anybody in pro wrestling. When you've got the opportunity to present someone correctly, do it. Despite my personal feelings on Damian Priest, if you've got the opportunity to make them, make them. So I'm calling him. Next match we're going to talk about is, uh, the, uh, is for the North American Championship. Champion Keith Lee is going to be defending against Johnny Gargano. So um, to lead into this conversation, so this, uh, Throwback left us a, a, a super chat as well. Again, thank you, Throwback. What a guy. I know. He says, he says first and foremost, uh, he's underneath a burning hot car right now because he, he's a mechanic. He's working on cars. So That was a much more terrifying way to lead into that than yeah, ever but could have been expected. That, which, is, which is why I wanted to sort of precisely, like, I'm under a burning hot car right now. I'm dying. But here's a super chat, Warren. Thanks a bunch. Uh, how do you guys think, uh, what do you guys think about Lee versus Gargano? If done right, this could be a long feud till SummerSlam where Gargano could be uh, pulled up to the main roster. Uh, that's how, uh, how do we feel this feud is going to play out? Um, I um, I mean, there, there are rumors that a lot of there's going to be a bit of a turnaround in NXT that there are going to be people that are going to be heading over to the uh, to Raw or SmackDown 
Dominic Dijakovic is a is a name that's being thrown around quite a bit. Um, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. It's a good it's a good way to start talking about this match here. Yeah, and you know what? I think that uh, I think he hit it right on the head as far as it goes. Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano could be a feud that really, really establishes the North American Championship in, in a way that I really don't think it has been as of this point. If my math is correct, Velveteen Dream's the only guy up until Keith Lee to have even successfully defended the title. Um, I don't think that maybe it's been established in the best way it could have been. There's been great matches, but it really hasn't been established as the title. I think that's an issue with a lot of secondary titles. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But I think that if you have these two gentlemen go after that championship, really make it the focal point of the feud. Um, I think that that's a great way to establish it. There's they're two, they're two of the most talented workers in the world. There's no other way to put it as far as Johnny Gargano and, and Keith Lee go. It's so, another reason why. Sorry, go ahead. No, so so you so you feel that this 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 feud would have legs. They could draw this one out yep. for, for I know, a while. I think I think even on the timing end, I think that they've they've hit the nail right on the head. Is is you know going with sort of what I said a little bit there earlier and playing fantasy booker on my end, it'd be great to see Tommaso Ciampa get called up, have a dominant run on the main roster. And then the night after SummerSlam, Johnny Gargano's lost to Keith Lee and he gets called up to the main roster to kickstart that feud. I think it's just a good way to potentially do it, whether it is obviously or not, who the hell knows. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think that it could be a really, really cool way to do it. I would rather see that be a long-term feud than a potential Karrion Cross Tommaso Ciampa feud, just for the sake of sure. the, the sort of booking that I laid out that I would sort of like to see. Um, I kind of feel like Keith Lee might be one of these guys who's going to be called up sooner than sooner than later. Like, okay, I I, I really do. Uh, I think that you know, there's there's hints. Sometimes you just get hints at mm -hmm. at, at at little things. His Royal Rumble appearance. Where you had Brock Lesnar go, All he's right, a look big at this. boy. He's a big boy. <laughs> you know that kind of stuff can go a long way. You know Vince looks at the tape and he's like, "My God, man, look at the size of him next to Brock Hunter. Are we? Is this guy under contract? He is. Kevin, Kevin Dunn. Tell this man on our television immediately. <laughs> you're you're bang on there, Warren. To be quite honest, I hadn't considered Keith Lee being the guy that got called up. I was sort of I, more looking on the Gargano and and Champa, and that's a really really good point. As it stands right now, I feel like they're going they're they're going for um, I think they're going long term again for Johnny Gargano with the Candice stuff. I think they're going to go long term, and it's I think I think it's going to be important for Johnny Gargano to get this character development uh going give him a little something more to chew on before anything else then again you know johnny's one of these guys where he's where he said he's happy in nxt he loves nxt he loves the fact that 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 it's on tv now like kind of like champa as well i mean we'll see we'll see what happens at some point money talks right yeah. um but um but as it stands like i think keith lee is a good uh, is a good measure uh, I think Keith Lee is a is a good candidate to go up to 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 main roster, yeah. s sooner than later. You mentioned it earlier. There's a there's a hole left by a dude named Roman Reigns right mm -hmm. now, and I think that they're going to do their damn best to try and find a combination of people that will try to fill that gap right now. 
Yeah, I saying, like that. I'm not saying that Keith Lee is your next Roman Reigns. Yeah, that only time will tell, and it'll depend on how much Vince likes him or not. But yeah. uh, but there is a gap there. There is a hole that needs to be filled. Uh, yeah. And, and well, he, and and you make an excellent point, Warren. Like he's he is one of the few guys in I think both our opinions. I'm speaking here for you a little bit, but that could feasibly fill that spot. You know, you would need someone like him or or. Like, literally, who else? I, I can't think of anyone else in NXT who has sort of been given the same rub. Like, maybe if he had been presented at the same level, Walter would be the other guy that I would look at as far as that goes. Sure. But that's that's really about it. And I think... This, and then Walter it, has, set, has been on the record saying in the past that he doesn't want to work in the United States. Exactly. I, that's a really good point, man. I knew you were more than just fucking good looks. <laughs> but, and yet still... And they're still there. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, that's a that's a really good point. I think that he could be a, a focal point of Raw or SmackDown very very quickly. I sure. think that he also could be in that in that situation. Though, be a very very good focal point of NXT. A real quick one for you because I know that I tend to ramble. But in that situation, do you see Mia Yim getting called up too? Yeah, uh, it, it, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, because um, Charlotte sort of like shifted that mentality of they have to be on the same brand if they're dating because, well, she's well, misses everywhere right now. But 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 <laughs> look at Killian Dane and Nikki Cross right now. So, I mean, yeah. you know, they're, they're, I think there's I don't think it's as much of a standard. I do think that they try like they yeah. put Zelina Vega and Aleister Black on Raw together. I think they do try their best to accommodate that. Uh, but, you know, <clears throat> if you have nothing to do, if you have nothing for Killian Dane. Um, if you have nothing for Killian Dane and you're just going to have him sit in catering, I might might as well keep him in NXT and have him work a bit yeah, as opposed to point. just have him follow Nikki Cross around and have him do nothing and end up being... Be the proverbial bag holder, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, you know, I, I found, <laughs> and this is me, because I'm familiar with Mia Yim's work from the mm-hmm. Independents, Mia Yim has not, I don't think she's, she's, um, I don't think she's transitioned really well to the WWE style. I'm going to put it that way. I don't think she's a bad wrestler, but I don't think that's a very good way to put it, but I don't think that she's on, I I don't think she has that, that crunch about her that she had when she was working the independent circuit. And she's been working for a while, man. It's not, she's not someone who's like started five years ago. What a prodigy. She's been in this for over a decade. Yeah. She's a hell of a pro wrestler, and I think you, you, you hit the nail right on the head there because, you know, I, I mentioned earlier I was lucky enough to go to take over Toronto last year, and it was very unfortunate that that I just really, really didn't like that Baszler match. And same sort of thing, man. It's, it's like trust in anything. It takes a lot to build it, and it is a very, very quick thing to be to be torn down a little bit. And yeah. I don't think that is anybody's fault. Like, it, you know, I, I'm really trying because – you know, it's a side note, but trying to be nicer to the people behind the pro wrestlers and yeah, 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 the yeah. way you do, right? Is like, I don't think that it's anybody's fault. I don't think that either of them are poor pro wrestlers. No. I just think that maybe that wasn't the best match, for lack of a better way to put it. And since then, like you say, maybe it has lost a bit of the the, the grit behind it that she does better than a lot of pro wrestlers, sure. period. And and, period. and and I mean, there's the, the there's always the question of, you know, are... Was she ready for 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 that spot? And that's a legitimate thing. Are you ready to be in a big spotlight match for a for a big a big title? 
Mm-hmm. And that's something that happens. Pressure is real. You know, that, that yep. kind of pressure does happen and it does work on you, uh, on your psyche. But uh, circling back to uh, Keith yeah. Lee versus Johnny Gargano, who do you think? Uh, one last thing, uh, throwback left another super chat. God damn, throwback. I thought you were working. What a hell of a person. <laughs> Champa, Thank he you, says, throwback. Champa has stated that he will, uh, that he, he, if he goes to main roster, that he will retire. He has said this in an interview. In the Shawn, past. Michaels, Shawn Michaels said he would stay retired. Uh, you know, Never say never in wrestling is That's my exactly thing. It. Uh, what do you think about uh, about that statement? Because I, I really I think do think money talks at some point. And and that's where I'm at. And I don't even think it's it's the money talk side of it. I think it's more just for lack of a shittier way to put it, Warren. Like sometimes you just have to do what your employer says you have to do, sure. right? Like I understand. And and Chiampa is a unique case in that sense. And I know that everybody's banged up in wrestling and everybody's injured. But he he has said before as well that he does have a more limited shelf life. And for that reason, I could I could see him being the exception to that. I could see him being the guy who says, well, I'm not going. That being said, you know, he's been called up already before. Like, let's just get very, very real with that. Yeah. If they hadn't discovered his neck injury, he, he probably would have been on the main roster for the yeah. last year, 18 months. It was just before Mania last year, right? January. Yeah, so it was, it was right January around the Royal Rumble. Yeah, so almost the last 18, mo- 18 months ago, they were ready to call him up. So I think that WWE and he was ready to go. Exactly. WWE obviously sees the value in him. I think professional wrestling fans, let's just get real, know that he is a fucking great professional wrestler. If they think that they could make money with him on the main roster, maybe it has a money talks on Tommaso Ciampa side. Maybe it's a money talks on Vince McMahon and the shareholder side. But I I could definitely see there being I think they're going to try and call him up. You know, I think that's the best way to put it. I think that at the very least, they are going to push and push and push them also Ciampa to say, hey man, come to the main roster. We sort of need you. And right now would probably be a very good time to start breaking them in doing that because they're still working out of the same place. Sure. And and I mean, you know, when you're in the midst of a ratings war, having one of your big stars from that brand say, I believe in this brand so much that if I get called up anywhere else, I get retired. And, you know, the feelings about NXT are very different from Raw and SmackDown as far as far as the fans. You know, it's all it's all good PR. Who wins, Johnny Gargano or Keith Lee? Keith Lee, whoop whoop. Ah, see, I think Johnny Gargano's <laughs> gonna win. I think Gargano wins, and I think it's gonna be a sign that Keith Lee is out of there. Okay, that's my all that's right. my guess. Well, well, we've been talking about him. Let's talk about him. Tommaso Ciampa and uh, Karrion Cross are finally gonna go at it. Can't wait to see. Uh, can't wait to see. Uh, more uh, more of Karrion Cross's Evanescence-inspired entrance. That's fantastic. Evanescence the- is just rad, period, too. Let's give them a quick shout-out as well. <laughs> Back in the game for the first time in, what, like eight or nine years since they last put an album out? The new single's a banger. Check it out. I'm also trying to get Evanescence specifically to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> I swear, if you start talking about Nickelback... No, uh, no the, we're good. Like, too bad was good. Like their first album oh, was. Jesus was... Christ. Okay, so let's. <laughs> like, we're gonna. Uh, we've talked. We've talked. We've touched a bit about on on Karrion Cross versus Tommaso Ciampa a bit throughout our predictions because there's there's a bit of crossover in in our thoughts and how things go. I'm gonna just lay it out here. I think that this is one of these feuds that uh, that NXT can uh, can extend and probably will extend give us the uh, give us the, the the trio of big takeover matches you know, uh, mm-hmm. 
I think they're going to treat this feud as a big one. I don't think the the match at um I don't think the match at uh, takeover tomorrow is going to be final and it's going okay the the matter's put to rest. I think there's a lot more juice that they can squeeze out of this one because they do want to establish Karrion Cross as a uh, big badass motherfucker. And the best way to do that is to go after the guy who previously to coming in was perceived as the badass motherfucker. Um, Yeah, that's how I think things are going to go. Your thoughts, Spencer? You know, Warren, I think you and I have a lot of similar thoughts as far as like the the ideas on the card. You know what I mean? I think you're going to see like a long-term feud continue. I think there's going to be an individual called up. I just think we've got the entire opposite opinions on which matches those are going to be. Like I said, I think that this is going to be, you know, the best way to put it for me is, is we're both hockey fans. If you're Georges Laroque, <laughs> no. So then we'll 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 change it up. When somebody beats the hell out of Mike Tyson in his prime, yeah. they look like the biggest baddest son of a bitch. Agreed. You know what I mean? Yeah. They look all that much more badass if they knock Mike Tyson out in the first round. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, again, you know, you talk about blurring the lines in professional wrestling, you talk about using real life whether advantageous or disadvantageous as we saw over the last couple of weeks. But I think that this could be an opportunity that, you know, Tommaso Ciampa, and I don't want to use the word excuse as as a throwaway on this. I want to stress that. But I think that Tommaso Ciampa, because of the nature of of his injury, any big loss he takes, whether it's a a quick roll-up, whether it's whatever you choose to have it happen as, you can write something off to, I I have an injury in my neck that is sometimes a huge impediment on professional wrestling sure so you can explain away a major loss in that sense i think and i think that if you were to do that and give carry and cross the opportunity like i said to say i not only defeated tomaso ciampa i beat the hell out of him same sort of theory is why you had the fiend establish himself on finn balor you know what i mean mm-hmm. you want to establish yourself against a big name the Fiend will always be able to say, I was the one who took Finn Balor off TV. And whether you hold his main roster run in high regard or where I think a lot of people do is a bit of a dis- disappointment, people know that beating Finn Balor holds weight, holds mm-hmm. major weight. And mm-hmm. beating him so decisively is about the most heavyweight you can hold, I guess. So if you're to do that with a Tommaso Ciampa who has an... an excuse quote unquote for why you could take a loss if you can use a main roster call up to sort of take away from that as well you know go out on your back come to the new promotion and you're sort of like new again if you've got that and you have the opportunity to really establish carrion cross as a killer which you know is funny because they really went out of their way to not establish him to do that I think that you could really do it. The one thing that I don't want to see, I want to see Scarlett Bordeaux involved. I want to see her in no way, shape, or form involved in the finish of the match. I mm-hmm. think that if you're to give this any sort of, it, it has to be a decisive win for me. Sure. I think that whether, like you say, Warren, you're going to continue the feud because Tommaso Ciampa is looking for revenge or whether it's Karrion Cross just dominates the hell out of them. I think that this needs to be a decisive win. Sure. I'm hoping that they use it to potentially promote Tommaso Ciampa. I will be thrilled as a pig in shit if this is something that goes on for three or four months, you know? Sure, I, I don't think there's a way that they can go wrong with this other than, like I just mentioned, if you don't make this a decisive victory, 
I think that you're doing a disservice to the hard work that all three of those individuals have put in over the last few weeks. Chat, let us know who you think is going to win here. Is it going to be Karrion Cross? Is it going to be Tommaso Ciampa? And it's interesting, you know, the neck, the neck injury thing, I can get into it to a certain degree, uh, but then, you know, I think back at War Games last year and Tommaso Ciampa did a air raid crash off the cage. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's like, and it was awesome. And <laughs> like, and, and you're like, why is he doing this? Isn't he just back from a career threat? And so I don't know, like maybe, the way that I can write almost anything off in professional wrestling and in the nicest way possible, dude, they're fucking nuts. They're just nuts. Yeah. That, I don't think anyone in any profession is going to jump off a 20 foot scaffolding, whether you have the healthiest neck in the world or not. I think that professional wrestlers, and I mean this in the most complimentary way, man, I have taken one, exactly one brain buster in my life and I ain't ever taken a second. <laughs> I think that professional wrestlers, whether it's their own passion for it, whether it's the desire to put on a performance for fans, whatever it may be, I think any pro wrestler is willing to do stuff like that. If it means that, that, that they are doing a service to the business of pro wrestling. You know what I mean? Sure, I understand. Pro wrestlers are nuts. Tommaso Ciampa, you explain it off as in the moment, whatever it may be. But I think that's almost a, a, it's a endearing. conduit. Well, and I think that that's a conduit to why you can use the neck injury is say he uses it in a storyline. You can explain it as look over the last sure. little bit, I've gotten more and more and more confident. I stepped up to the man and I took a shit kicking for it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Any, any professional wrestling at the heart of it is, is based in something logical, whether you're, you know, talking about breaking kayfabe with it or, or something as simple as overconfidence leading to someone's downfall, which I think anyone can apply to a situation in their own lives. It, it writes itself for me, you know, who you got winning. Karrion Cross, and mm -hmm. I'm going to go bold on this one. I hope Karrion Cross wins in less than 10 minutes. Ooh, like a... I don't know if it's going to happen. Not a squash. You know, you still need to make sure that Tommaso Ciampa shows that he's a great pro wrestler in it. I would love to see this be the less than 10-minute match because the same way that TakeOver's always done a really good job of spacing their matches out, giving everything the time it deserves, maybe on this one, because it's a little more compact, you've got to take time away somewhere... This could be where you do it. Tommaso fighting from underneath. <clears throat> that'd I be, think that, so. That'd be different. I think Killer Cross is going to win as well. I think, like I said, I think this feud has much more legs. I want to say hello to Brian Payne who just, just jumped in the into the chat. And just hello, to, to put a bow on, on this, Joe left a super chat. Thank you very much, Joe. I appreciate it. It says, which match, Ciampa versus Cross or Gargano versus Lee, has better odds of someone taking the someone flying off the top of the in-your-house set spot? <laughs> for me, I, for me, there's no question, no question that it's Keith Lee who's going to die. Doing I was going to say, I think he's going to moonsault. I, I would love to see a Keith Lee moonsault off the top. That'll win it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I, or, or he gets, see, the way I'd book it, he he gets thrown off and that's how that's how Gargano pins him. Okay. That's I can see it. That's my thing. And he keeps looking strong and, and then he goes to Main Ross. I, I well, yeah, okay, well, maybe we're just going to agree to disagree here. Some AMSR here. here. Sorry sorry for the AMSR, everybody. That could be a super, super chat. <laughs> I think you're bang on, though. If if I've, I've got a funny feeling that that mixed tag that we saw on NXT isn't the last time we're going to see that mixed tag. I think that that's going to be the direction they go potentially on the next takeover is you're going to see that as the, as the match is, is Keith Lee and Mia Yim versus Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. Chat seems to think that Karrion Cross is going to win as well. 
Ben challenges your 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 evanescence love by saying Lacuna Lacuna Coil is way better, and I agree. So, you know what? The way I look hang at on it, a second. It's like freedom. You're not getting less because one band is good. Evanescence and Lacuna Coil can both be great. I just you know. They, oh, they can. Oh, sure, they can both be great. I completely <laughs> agree. Uh, they can have. They do have the potential. Yes. However. <laughs> Oh man, we're gonna have to start like a Warren disagrees with Spencer podcast. Yeah, all about music. <laughs> there we go. Charlotte Flair is the NXT Women's Champion. I don't know if you guys heard about this, and she's uh, going to be defending her title in a triple threat match versus former champion Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. Um, this is the match I'm most looking forward to throughout the yep. entire proceedings, uh, and uh, I think it's been properly built. I think it's. I think it's three the three right women to put into this this circumstance. I know a lot of people would have liked this to be in book different. Maybe a little less of from column A, a little less a little more from column C for instance and stuff like that, but uh I think this is going to be a a blast of a match oh, Spencer. Time. What do you big think? Big time. Io Shirai is quite possibly the most talented professional wrestler in the world right now. I'm mm -hmm. just going to put that gauntlet down right now. That woman is absolutely incredible. I know that that bias comes into anything. Like I mentioned right off the bat, getting sure. to see that that Shirai and Larray match at, at, in Toronto was like such a statement for me. You know, you you I'm sure have the same sort of feelings about a few pro wrestlers where the first time you see them live or you see them hit a certain spot and you're like, Yep, that's that's someone I'm really, really into. That whole match for me is is Io Shirai. You know how good she is before. She is fucking great after. Um, so, yeah, I've got the bias on that one. I'll fully admit it. But I'm very, very excited that she's been getting opportunities like this more and more and more. And to be quite honest with you, I, I have been saying I've been <laughs> I've been petitioning, whatever you want to call it. Give Io Shirai the NXT Women's Championship, and that's a personal feeling for me. But I also think that you've got a great opportunity here to do so in a way that really doesn't damage anybody. The way I talked about Finn Balor, Charlotte Flair's Teflon. You know, sure. she's not going to suffer from taking a loss. I think that people saw this triple threat set up as a, oh, this is going to be a great way to continue the Rhea Ripley Charlotte Flair feud. I don't necessarily think that that needs to be the direction they go. I think that. No. Maybe maybe you include Rhea Ripley or maybe you include a third in there so that Rhea Ripley's not the one to take the pin, but I don't think Rhea Ripley's going to be the one pinning anybody. I think that you could see Io Shirai pin Charlotte Flair. That's Let's my get outcome. Real here. I, I, I think that's perfect for me because Rhea Ripley, despite the fact that people may not like how she's gone through 2020 and even how Rhea well, Ripley talked, her own, her, talked, right. her, talked herself about how she hasn't enjoyed her 2020, um, I think that regardless she wasn't going to win this match, whether Charlotte or EO won, continue this feud, build her up to have a huge moment in front of fans again. So if we've got the opportunity here to use the NXT Women's Championship to not establish, because EO's already been established in my opinion, but to really take somebody over the top in a way they haven't been before, mm -hmm. take it every time. And I think that EO Shirai being the one to defeat Charlotte Flair, being the one on top and saying, well, look, Rhea, I did what you couldn't, yep. is for me a bit of an in a bit more of an interesting story, excuse me, than simply having Charlotte Flair. And I love Charlotte Flair and I love what she does. I say all of that. But I playing the same sort of role she has across all three brands have her play those roles across too. Have Io Shirai take over the NXT brand and 
build that feud around her and Rhea Ripley. I am in, I'll even go as far, I'm in agreement. And I'll even go as far as to say as this, you know who, you know who's gone from, from, from wrestling for a while? Becky Lynch. What? You, you've heard? Yeah, she, this is the first time hearing of it. Yeah, no, she she had a baby with <laughs> Seth Seth Rollins of all goddamn people. So, <laughs> hey, don't don't use no, his name I'm in kidding, vain. I'm kidding. Yeah, don't use his name. No, I'm of kidding. All, but, uh, of all Seth damn people, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually thrilled for both of them. It's uh, I, oh, of I, course, uh, it's it, it's going to be wonderful, and I wish them all the happiness. Of Hope course, they have a, a very healthy baby child. But it, uh, as if the baby child. Anyway, the um the uh. uh WWE is going to I said this when Becky was gone I said WWE is going to lean hard on Charlotte mm-hmm. since Becky's gone that's why we were seeing her everywhere because because Charlotte was the anointed one never forget Charlotte was the anointed one until the fans said fuck y'all we want Becky Lynch <laughs> it's true though Yep. So so now Becky's gone. They're going to lean into her. And they need her. By God, they need her back on Raw to establish, to be there as a, a strong, established presence in the in the women's division. Not that Asuka's not doing a great job, but you see it right off the bat. Asuka versus Nia Jax ain't doing it for nobody. No. But everyone got real excited when Charlotte and Asuka had another match on Raw. That's something that they can go back to in a couple a couple of times, I'm sure, and to build up over the winning and so on and so forth. Yeah, I think you're bang I, on. And I also think I'm with you. I like Charlotte Flair, and I don't think that she got to where she is because she's blonde, and I don't think she got to where she is because of her name, because mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of other wrestlers who have famous parent who have fantastic lineages. That have not been in, uh, who have not been pushed uh, in nepotistic style. Uh, yes. I, you just have to think of one, Michael McGillicuddy, aka Axel <laughs> uh, Curtis Axel, aka Joe Fucking Hennig. Um, you can think of Natalia as well. Oh, you could argue Natalia they, they, had a push, but hey, well, yeah, but uh, they they straight up, they straight up have taken their last names away from them in an effort to get them. Away from that at points. Like, Natalia is just Natalia. She ain't yeah. Natalia Hart. Charlotte Flair is Charlotte Flair now again because let's let's just get real here. They probably just said, well, fuck it. People say it anyways. Yeah, exactly. Right? That probably. It's the same way, the same way people are still calling them Cody Rhodes. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, the name's, the name's just there. May as well lean into it. But for years, and, and I hazard, I may be wrong here, but for years at least, whether it was when she was initially called up or not, she was just Charlotte. Yeah, she was. Right? Until, you actively pushed away from that. But they started I, but I they did lean into it a couple of times. You know, she Rick Flair was with her when she won the NXT women's title yep. uh against Natalia. He we was We all there. remember the Bret Hart and Rick Flair and everybody's corners matches that have happened far too often. And I say that as a Canadian talking about a heart. <laughs> and I mean Natalia's not even anyway. Uh the she, <laughs> <laughs> she she's an usurper. Uh, but but that said, I like Natalia. Don't get me wrong. The but see, I'm talking about the Charlotte stuff because I don't think people give Charlotte enough credit for how far she's come, 
how much she's abandoned a whole bunch of women's style offense like the tornado DDTs and the 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 the, the, the acrobatic shit to work a more grounded, powerful. Christ, she towers over everyone in the division. Yeah. Work she and now she's working with that. Ever since she shifted to work a more grounded, power-based style, she has improved so much. Her promos, I like them. They're hit or miss, just like anyone, but overall, they're good. And you know what? I am willing. This is my prediction, and y'all can come after me. I won't have a a problem. I don't think Io Shirai is in this match to take the pin. I think Charlotte is going to lose clean. She is going to have her shoulders pinned to the mat, and she is going to be pinned by Io Shirai because I, I think they're going to get her out of NXT, keep her on Raw, and work on the women's division in NXT. And like you yep. said, there's no better way than having Io Shirai being the woman to tell Rhea Ripley, I did what you were unable to do. Come after me, bro, or sis. Do people, yes. Do they say that? Do, come I, after I, me, sis? I don't I, think they do. I don't know. I don't know. I can't be the one to comment on that. But Warren, if somebody comes for you on that one, if anybody comes for you <laughs> on that one, then you have an ally right behind you, man. I am 100% with you. I think that you may as well take the shot. You know, like what? what is the possible, at least for me, what's what's the benefit other than having more great matches? I think it, that we're both very, very well aware that the end goal here is is – to have Rhea Ripley become the the staple of that division. Yeah. I don't think you need, like you've said a couple times, you don't need Charlotte Flair to be the pivot person as far as that goes. You don't need it to be Rhea Ripley chasing Charlotte Flair. It needs to be Rhea Ripley chasing the NXT Women's Championship, no matter sure. who has it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think agree. you're bang on. I got your back. So I think we both agree. <laughs> Are we both saying that Io Shirai is going to win here? I think we are both in agreement. My friend, Mr. Handsome Warren Hayes, host oh, of the Warren Hayes Show, yes, here yes. on the Warren Hayes YouTube channel. Featuring Warren Hayes. Featuring Warren Hayes. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, the, 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 there, there seems to be some some love for Eos Shirai in the chat, but there's a lot of apprehension. You know, I, I, I like these matches where the booking isn't quite as clear, uh, but I think that there's really something there's really something that you can that you can lean into here that would be real, real, real exciting. And just yeah. let Charlotte go deal with uh, locker room leader Literally and safe worker. Literally everyone else on every other brand. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, final match of the evening that we're going to talk about. Adam Cole, who is the NXT champion. Longest reigning NXT champion of all time. Baby. Versus the Velveteen Dream in a backlot brawl. It's a backlot brawl. It's a brawl They're in the backlot. Not the front lot. The one in the back, where the where no one can see, where the cops can't come for you. I or, almost feel like this was set up in like an elementary school, where like which bike racks, like the back bike racks. The one in the back, so like the principal can't see us. Yeah, yeah exactly. the one in the back, the one across the bridge to the lake, where we're technically not on school property. Yeah, I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I kid though, like you know, we laugh. It's fun to laugh about professional wrestling, and especially when it's it's. Because you know shit's going to be great. Let's just get real here. We're not making these jokes about two Joe Blows. We're making these jokes about two great pro wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, we'll make fun of a stipulation because I'm certain oh, we ain't yeah, going to be making fun of the wrestling in it, right? No, it's it's just fun to say because, you know, they all, WWE always goes for the alliteration, right? Backlog <laughs> brawl. You know, it's just, that's that's always what they do, you know? So, uh, anyway, but... Hopefully one of these years we get great brawls of fire. <laughs> just combine them. <laughs> <laughs> So, 
so yeah, Adam Cole, AEW bound, of course. Velveteen Dream, uh, you know, run, run, also, has runs in also with the AEW bound. Yes, I'm absolutely sure for point. sure. Uh, no one wins. Title is vacated. Everyone goes to AEW. Good night, everyone. Thank you for, for coming to the stream. <laughs> um, no, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, we touched about it a, a little bit. I don't think Adam Cole is going anywhere. He's way too no. well treated right now. Are you kidding me? Uh, it, it's Back funny. Up the brink struck. It, that's that's what it is for me. This, they this they just, will throw money. Yeah, no. And besides, you know, he, you know, he, he's dead. He died in Bullet Club. He's dead. <laughs> this is Adam Cole's ghost. So you know, you're gonna you're gonna scare Cody. Cody's gonna be like, team, what? teaming with El Generico. Yeah. <laughs> no, but <laughs> seriously. Look, it's fun. I, this kind of conversation makes me makes me chuckle. Yes, I get it that Adam Cole, he's he's best buddies with with the with the young bucks. They're really really close. I I understand the nature of the relationships. You know, I have friends who don't work at my workplace. Actually, my <laughs> that's the a people, perfect way to put it. The the people I cherish the most don't work at my workplace. Not that I don't have good working relationships or friends at work. Yeah, you know, but you know, my my best pals aren't. Uh, aren't my coworkers, and so so to me that that's always something that's really fascinating for me. Um, and people seem to remember uh, to forget the goddamn great, 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 great fall 2019 that Adam Cole had. Great showing at Survivor Series. His match with Pete Dunne. Jesus fucking Christ. He fought AJ Styles. He fought yeah. uh, Seth Rollins and won. And won. Standing matches. Do you not see what WWE has planned for this guy? They're going to do everything to hang on to him. And I oh, think yeah. I think he knows that. And I think he knows. And it's the same thing that it's this I'm going to use the same arguments that I used when I was talking about everyone when everyone was saying Marty Skrull is going to AEW. These are smart fellows, Adam Cole and and and, and Marty Skrull. Right now, you look at the landscape in AEW. Where mm -hmm. does Adam Cole fit into this? Where does he fit in in a long-term appeal? Mm -hmm. Not that I don't think he couldn't do it, but you've got all sorts of guys, similar build, same type of charisma, same type of, of promo ability. Where does, where does Adam Cole get his big-time status thing in AW mm -hmm. right now, right? Mm -hmm. I always liken this to, uh, as well, back in the 90s when... Uh, Nash and Hall jumped ship, and then uh, uh, and then uh, uh, Sean Waltman, X Pac, went over to D to WCW, and I had people saying, "Well, they're gonna get Sean in there. Sean Michaels is he's a superstar, and he's their best their best buddies, their friends. Of course, Sean is gonna go to to WCW. Sean Michaels looks at the landscape. Another guy who's not a fool looks at the landscape, says, "Look at all these guys there. Look at who's already there." Yeah. What guarantee Why? do I have to go there and be properly used? No, no, no. WWF is an is a pl open fl playing field right now. I'm going to make the most out of this situation here. And hell, you can look at how they treated Bret Hart. Bingo. That's what I was like, just gonna say. Is like you like, have, you've got the hottest thing in professional wrestling as a special guest referee. Mm-hmm. As a special guest referee, now and, and again, Warren, that's like the it's it's the extreme of it. Do I think that AEW should Adam Cole have ever gone there? Are they going to have him special guest refereeing a world title match? Oh, no. I don't 
think so. But you, you make a very, very astute point. Like, what are you going to do with him? Because sooner rather than later, whether just or not, I think that so Adam Cole signs there. You throw him into a world title program because you want to make him seem as big as possible. Well, mm-hmm. so your number one contenders pretty well on on every major event, because I know there have been championship matches, have been John Moxley, Jake Hager, Brody Lee, and then Adam Cole or Austin Jenkins, if they'd have to call him that when he goes back to the independent scene. So at what point do you say, well, like, let's just give the fair criticism where it is. Every WWE guy that is signed there thus far has been put in a world title program. Sure. And if not, I'm certain that the next logical step is one of them's going to answer an open challenge for the TNT championship. Or you see with the revival. And and not that they shouldn't be, right? They're great pro wrestlers, sure. put them in great spots. But why why would AEW want to start to do stuff like that from their perspective as well as, as the alternative to WWE? I don't think you'd want to do that on that end, that that end either. You know what I mean? And that's all just you and I shooting the shit about yeah, something we know absolutely. is not going to happen, right? Yes, but yes, yes. it just because of all the reasons you just said, it just does it does not make sense. It's but, it's literally the Chewbacca defense, man. It it does not <laughs> make sense. It doesn't it so, doesn't make sense. But hey, <laughs> what does make sense is the main event being the outside in the parking lot. It's not going to be a cinematic match. That's what we've been told. It's not going to be a cinematic match. It's actually going to be it's going to be shot like a wrestling match, but it's outside. It's it. So there's going obviously there's going to be room for some craziness. Cole versus Dream. Thoughts? Tell me. Tell me how you how you're feeling this one. I I'm a little disappointed to be quite honest with you. I okay. think that um, this is perhaps for me the best example of something that would have needed fans in front of it i think mm-hmm. i think the velveteen dream of anybody is someone who is so good with the crowd yeah. he is so great at playing off of the crowd making little moments with the well, crowd you know i think that even something as small as fans not being there to have the pop when they all see whoever's going to be on his trunks tonight well you see, know <laughs> the thing is is velveteen velveteen dreams character is flamboyancy you know just yeah. being a showman What's the point in putting on the show if there's no one there to see the show? Exactly. And I think that it started off really strong. I love the way that they played it as him sort of using Roddy to get to or, or Adam Cole. But from there, I just personally think it could have been done better. Um, I don't I don't have solutions for that. And I know that that's a little bit of a cop out on my end. But I don't know. I just think that this is one of those things that that has been really, really good but perhaps for me hasn't gotten into fourth gear. You know what I mean? Sure. Now saying that I, I am very, very excited for this. Velveteen dream is one of the it, it, NXT summed it up perfectly. Let's just get real here. in, in the last episode of Adam Cole, this sort of old school, traditional professional wrestler versus the Velveteen dream who, like you say, Warren is one of the most flamboyant characters is a very, very charismatic individual. It is such a great matchup on paper. I know that it is going to be a great matchup in the backlot brawl, but uh, <laughs> I think that perhaps it 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 maybe just needed something for me that that yeah. could have used some more oomph. You know what I mean? And I think that when when Velveteen Dream first returned, when he first came back and sort of popped out in the spotlight, that was maybe meant to be that moment. But I think that if that's if that's it, you know, I don't have a much classier way to put it, then I think that they just blew their loads too early. You know what I mean? Yep. It's, 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 
they should have saved something like that. You know, when I look back on Adam Cole's feud with Johnny Gargano, him going to Johnny Gargano's dad's pizza place for me was where I was like, yeah, this is it. And in this entire feud, for me, the biggest moment that sort of came out of it was, to be quite honest with you, Velveteen Dream wearing uh, Roddy Piper's wife's face on his trunks. And that's Roddy Strong. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sorry, Roddy Strong. Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. yes. Roddy Piper's just too cool. I'll bring him up any chance. But wearing wearing Roddy Strong's wife on his trunks. And that's not even this feud. But for me, that's the visual I get when I think of uh, Velveteen versus the Undisputed Era as a whole. Should that be the case when you're going into not just a world title match, but a world title match where, you know, I know it's circumstance, but you're still building a stipulation around it. You're doing something for the first time in NXT. It really should be a fight, a heated, heated fight. And I especially don't know in the back lot, bro, in the back lot, bro, brother. But I think that it just hasn't for me quite hit that level i think that it's been done well i'm not meaning to say it's been a shit feud by any means it hasn't been something i've enjoyed but it's definitely been one of those things for lack of a better way to put it that when it's been the segment that has been on nxt television that's maybe when i've gone to cook dinner and have it on in the background rather than being the guy sitting there and saying hell yeah i'm on the edge of my seat for this and any world title match I think that's the standard that I hold it to because you were talking about a world's championship. You were talking about the longest reigning world's champion in the history of that world's championship that has had some pretty fucking cool world's champions. Yeah. Right. So you've got to have that heat behind it. You look at previous feuds and I just, to me, hasn't quite hit that level yet. Uh, Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It, this whole feud feels like a bunch of missed opportunities you know, I'm just speculating here because, again, I'm not a news guy. I've never fashioned myself a news guy. By the way, Connor McCabe, how you doing? Welcome to the chat. The um, I've never fashioned myself a news guy, but, you know, this is just speculation. We've seen the stuff that happened with uh, Velveteen Dream on social media, those uh, those allegations that came out. I feel there's some... I, I, I feel that this feud was hampered by some backstage stuff. And I'm not necessarily saying people jockeying for, you know, not politicking, stuff like that. Just like decisions being made that it's like that are the, to avoid uncomfortable situations. Let's put it that way. I think yeah, there's a know? lot of stuff that I think there's a lot of stuff that we didn't see happen that factored into. Um, uh, there's a lot of things that were factored in here that weren't. Uh, that 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 probably played into this feud being a little a little more on the downside. But yep. I I maintain that I maintain that Velveteen Dream is in this select group of wrestlers that needs an audience to yep. really work to connect. I think Otis is one of those. I think John Moxley is one of those as well. It takes nothing. I'm not taking anything away from their talent or their their capabilities, but I think that that the crowd is part of their persona. I think it's part of what makes them special. It's an um, excellent way to put it. It's um, an excellent way to put it. So, so I, you know, these to me, these are, just off the top of my head, these are three wrestlers. He's one of those three wrestlers that benefit, that that isn't benefiting from the, from the empty arena environment, and that's just the way uh, it is. So who do you have coming out on top here? Does Cole retain? Does yeah, Dream, does Dream finally achieve it? No, I I don't think so. And I guess silly question for you, Warren, and and maybe you should ask you off the bat: Is is this a no DQ match? Is there any sort of stipulation? As it's far a as backlog, bro. <laughs> That's what it is. 
So I I'm going to probably well, no. I, I, I'm going forward, and if this is incorrect, somebody maybe let me know in the it's comments like, here. It's like, but, look, the way I see it, Spencer, it's like when they say, it's a Chicago street fight. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay, so basically it's uh, no DQ false count anywhere? Yeah, It's that's a Chicago of- street fight. What are you talking about? You know, <laughs> okay. Fair enough. No, that's and and that's sort of the assumption I'm going under as well. If this is just a straight up wrestling match, my answer doesn't change. I just think that it it becomes a clean win for Adam Cole if that's the case. Um, but if this backlot brawl um, is to go the way that you and I are both sort of expecting it to go, like let's get real here. Is there any way that the undisputed era doesn't get involved in it? And you like, know what? I want the undisputed era to get involved. Of course, of I course. want them in it. This is, they're cool, and I let's, love it. I want it. Yeah. I, as much Kyle O'Reilly as I can get on my television, please. all day, every day. I I'm 100 behind you on that, man. I, there's there's no way they don't get involved. It's gonna sound like a poor way to put it. Velveteen Dream doesn't have any friends. He doesn't have anybody that's gonna really be coming to his aid. At least that I can expect. You know, there's always the chance that you start building a new storyline around Velveteen Dream trying to recruit people. But that's that's more a war game sort of type of iteration of professional wrestling. That's more when they do stuff like that. You see it every year, but. Are they going to continue this until November is traditionally war games? I don't see this being a, a six-month feud. No, I re- me neither. Don't. I think Velveteen, you know, and it's an easy cop-out for any NXT match. Let's just get real. But Velveteen is one of those guys I can see coming up to the main roster sooner rather than later. And I can see him being, I can see him making a major debut at like one of the first shows you can have a full capacity or at least a good capacity crowd at. You it's know funny. what I mean? It's funny. And it's just... Yeah. Just my instinct. It's a gut. Again, I have no inside info. I wouldn't be surprised if Velveteen disappears for a while. I'm just saying. But, I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, I, I could see it. It is unfortunate that stuff... I, I, I It I, is I, unfortunate I, that stuff came to light during this, and, and that's not... That's not me saying any of it's factual. I think that it's been proven even at this point that it wasn't any sort of factual thing, but... um. It is unfortunate when stuff like that happens because, in my opinion, you kind of see, you kind of see everybody trying to do a best of both worlds situation with yeah. it. If the situation was going to be that, like you alluded to, that maybe you wanted to keep this feud on the down low, keep it as a bit less of a marquee than a, a world's championship match should be then in my humble opinion, you're doing a disservice to that championship. And Mm -hmm. if the case was going to be, you were going to maybe take him off or have him go into hiding or prep him for a big debut, whatever the case may be, then you may as well have done it then rather than try and, okay, well, this is the way we were going. So let's kind of push it forward with a wink and a nudge, either promote the hell out of it as you should, or back right the hell off it as, you know, in my opinion, you shouldn't have, but that's, that's neither here nor there. I think you're you're possibly correct on on Velveteen backing off. I think that I think that maybe they'll use him to get one more feud going, maybe kickstart somebody. I know I don't know who's recently signed or who they'd look to push, but maybe you get just as a name. Okay, like a Cameron Grimes who has lost some bigger matches but sort of been getting more and more and more on TV. Maybe Velveteen's used to get him over before he takes off. Or sure. maybe maybe he does have sort of a bit more of a limited time left in NXT. I think we're both in agreement on that. Um, I, it, it's tough for me to say whether I think he'll disappear or not, just purely based on the fact that I think they'd want to debut him in front of as many people as possible. You know, a Karrion Cross, he works in front of, 
a no crowd or a limited crowd in his entrance and in his, his debut because of the theatrics behind it. And sure. Velveteen Dream, he's got the theatrics behind it, but it's very much a, a personable uh, uh, flamboyance. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's the right way to put no, it. No, no, I understand. Um, it, it's like going to watch a theatrical production versus sure. going to watch a play. Getting that one-on-one -on -one experience with the Velveteen Dream for me is is far, far more beneficial for him than with a Carrion Cross where you can have the hype and circumstance behind his entrance, you know? Yeah. So I think either way here, though, I'm going to call uh, Adam Cole winning. Yeah. Whether it is by hook or by crook, uh, Undisputed Era gets involved. That's, I think, yeah. that's I, the ball game. I think so, too. <laughs> I think it's the same thing. Joel left us a super chat, says, Damn, Spencer was on point today. Awesome job, sir. Thank you, friend. I appreciate it. That's nice. I like him. I like all your fans. No, Let's no. Let's get real here, though. I guess I did a <laughs> shit job today. I'm kidding. You did, but it was it was really good. Before we go, really quickly, uh, Spencer, the fight pit. My God, the fight pit is probably the 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 most fun thing NXT has done in a while. I love it. Uh, Hell I, yeah, it made it, it made th Timothy Thatcher. Uh, Triple H on the media call said, "Yeah, we're gonna bring it back at some point. I think it's awesome. Who do you want to oh, see? Yeah. Who do you want to see in the fight pit? Tell me. Tell me who you want to see." Um, real quick, real be, quick. Does it have to be WWE specific? Yeah, with, with NXT roster. Ah, oh, shit. Oh, because they my have first, fantastic people. No, I know. My first thought, man, I want to see Filthy Tom Lawler in there at some point. Let's get real <laughs> here. But um, as far as NXT specific, guy I talked about earlier and may surprise you, Damian Priest. That's how you establish a killer. Oh, yeah. I don't know how much experience he has on like the the uh, maybe traditional MMA end or anything along those lines. That's the thing. I think he'd be really cool. You know who else I'd really love to see in there Ooh. that I think can just beat the shit out of people? Oni Lorcan. Yeah, uh, me too. I want to see Oni Lorcan in the cage. Hey, man. listen. That was listen. one of the coolest things I've seen in years. I loved it. I like the idea that this being, the, the you know, this more fight, you know, MMA stuff. And Orny Lorcan and Danny Birch. These are two guys who throw, right? You got Kyle oh, O'Reilly, who is a legitimate MMA guy. Bobby Fish, too, has some legit combat experience. Pete Dunne, Walter. Hey, Arturo Ruas is a badass son of a bitch. That would be some I great... I love it. There's, I mean, there's a ton of I love that, great yeah. possibilities. And here's the thing. Why not flip it and put the women in there as well? Give me... Io Shirai and Candice again in the fight pit. Candice LeRae, give us. Well, you know what? Two people, if you're going to shift her over to the women, man, I don't know how you build to it just because of the way they've been established. But you got two women in Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir that aren't really showcased all that much as far as television goes. How you're going to showcase them without Shayna Baszler, I don't know. And then you expand that shit to the main roster, man. Again, Maybe not the best timing for me to be making this statement because of the fact that he's in championship contention, finally. But you really want to establish Bobby Lashley as a killer, especially if he, sure. and when, let's get real here, loses to Drew McIntyre. Bring him back, have him beat the hell out of someone in a cage, man. I, I just think it was such a cool stipulation. My favorite thing to say, and, and I say it often in my recaps of things, you know, there are so many words I can say about it, but simply put, man, watch this if you got the opportunity. It oh, was yeah. great. Do it. And I hope they oh, lean I into. It. I hope they lean into Timothy Thatcher. My God! And how cool was it, man, to see to see you know, lose w his teeth? Fantastic. Well, 
but to see WWE, I think they've done it. The other example I've got is sort of a, a quick turnaround on things. When Kevin Owens sort of turned heel and then turned back face real quick, that was the last time I remember thinking, holy shit, that was a really, really rushed quote-unquote story, mm -hmm. but they did a damn good job of. Mm -hmm. Matt Riddle, a month ago, was looking like he was going to have a long run with the NXT Tag Team Championships. Three weeks later, he's coming up to SmackDown. He's just established Timothy Thatcher yep. as a killer you know that it's, yeah, it's a phrase man. i like you but established him as a killer and is going on to be the most popular superstar in smackdown history oh i hope so that's all that <laughs> honestly that's all i hope for 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 matt riddle i hope they treat him well up there yep. spencer this was a good talk it was a good uh, a good preview of what's going to happen tomorrow i really enjoyed this thank you thank you so much for coming let oh man. the good people know well let the well, good well, people know where they can find you come on come on of course, man. I've got to give you the thanks first, though, man. We were talking before we started getting organized on, on the actual aspect of the call here. But thank you so much for having me. I've wanted to hop on the show forever. I'm a huge fan of what you do. Man, it is so nice to be on and talking professional wrestling with positive people. I think that that's something, and we, we talk about this online, offline, wherever it may be often, but there is just so much more room for positivity in pro wrestling, and you were one of the premier examples of that, man. Oh. So genuinely, the thanks is Thank all you. mine for, for having me on. But as far as where to keep track of me, um, personally, I'm, I'm very interactive on Twitter. I love talking pro wrestling with anybody and anybody. So uh, Spenny Love underscore WCS is where you can find me on the Twitter machine. Um, you can also find me on Instagram. It is, it is at Spenny and the Jets with two S's at the end there. Somebody was just slightly more clever than me and got there first. But say la vie. Um, outside of that, though, guys, the Win Column Sports Network, the WCSN, is is sort of my baby as far as professional wrestling goes. We try and keep everybody up to date with the latest and greatest in Canadian professional wrestling, whether it's interviews, previews, reviews, breaking news, whatever it may be. I like talking pro wrestling. I like keeping it positive. I love talking to everybody about it. I can't say that enough. So get a hold of me wherever you guys feel like, whether it's through the social media platforms of the site or through me. Pretty well anywhere on podcast players of choice or Twitter, Instagram, your sort of typical social media. If you look up the Wind Column Sports Network, you can find us. There you go. And and all the links are in the description of the video or the podcast, wherever, however you're deciding to listen to this. Spencer, I can't thank you enough. It was a great talk. It was a great show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming. It was a great talk, and it is fun to talk with people who have uh, good outlooks in regards to pro Absolutely. wrestling. That's, Absolutely. It, it's, always, it's always good. It's refreshing. And I want to thank everyone for joining us here this morning live and if you're listening to us and if you liked it hey give the video a thumbs up i'd appreciate that and uh, or any love that you can show on your favorite podcast application of choice whether it's a like a subscribe a review uh, whatever whatever you can do that would be appreciated as well and uh yeah i'm going to be on the fightful channel tomorrow evening sunday to do the post show with alex palowski so that'll be a good time and otherwise i'll be back here next thursday for another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. Spencer, thank you again for joining me. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, friend. For coming in this morning, and we'll see you next time.